Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back at it, episode 128 for the love of the game. Let's get this one. All the gangsters around know my whole crew. We can run. We hold it down like we're supposed to. We can if you want. We be popping them things. Every hood we go through. All the gangsters around know my whole crew. We can run. We hold it down like we're supposed to. After the VMAs, my baby mama cuss me. Shout out back friends like Puffy and Steve Stout. Cut the grass around my clit so I can see these snakes. You see them back in the hood, it's cause I see they fake. I preach a sermon about the paper like I'm Cleflo Dollar. Welcome back, welcome back. Episode 128 for the love of the game. And it is NBA kickoff week. That's right. NBA season is starting this week. So your boy's in a good mood, all right? The Rangers got their first win of the season. Shout out to Alexis Lafreniere for scoring the game-winning goal in Montreal in front of his family. So good for him. So we're in a good mood. We're in a good mood. And NBA season kicks off this week, Tuesday night. We got a doubleheader. We got the Nets and the Bucks. We've got the Lakers and the Warriors. It's going to be awesome. So as a result, I'm going to be positive today. I'm going to be positive. We're not going to talk about the John Gruden story and how ridiculous the whole thing was how uh, Randy Moss sounded ridiculous last Sunday on television. Not going to talk about how Sam Ponder sounded even more ridiculous on countdown, trying to get not just Randy Moss, but Rex Ryan and Tim Hasselbeck to be redi- to sound ridiculous. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about Kyrie Irving's Instagram Live, where he basically rambled on for nine minutes and didn't say anything of substance like Kyrie Irving does. Uh, we're not going to talk about that either. What we're going to talk about is NBA season. We had we had part one of the preview Eastern Conference in the last episode. We're going to be doing the Western Conference with a recurring guest in just a matter of moments. But one quick thing before we get into tonight's guest, actually two quick things. So I started reading this book, Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP by Merit Fader. Everybody knows I'm a Giannis guy. Well, If you read this book, you'll understand why I'm a Giannis guy. The story's incredible. And by the way, by the way, I know NBA preseason, we don't take a lot of stock in NBA preseason, but have you peeped the highlights? Have you seen what the jump shot looks like? The pull-up threes in transition? Have you seen how smooth it looks? The guy's always working. Always, always working. And I got news for you, all right? Got news for you. For all those who said Giannis didn't have a bag, quote-unquote, didn't have a bag, and James Harden talking about how Giannis had no skill. Well, guess what? He's on the heels of giving you a 50-piece extra crispy in an NBA Finals deciding game, and now he's coming back with this jump shot? It's over, man. It's over. Like, if this jump shot is legit and Yacht combined with everything else, like, This is the next guy, all right? We're talking about somebody who could be. Again, it's a big if, but if the jump shot is as smooth as it looks right now, he's going to be the heir apparent to Jordan for the best player of all time. That's what we're talking about here, folks. All right, again, just gave you a 50-piece in the finals where he, quote-unquote, didn't have a bag, all right? And now he's got some skills, some extra tools in the tool chest. Forget about it. Forget about it. It's over skis, all right? Put it in the books. 
Homeboy can easily average 35 a night if, if he's shooting the way he was shooting in the preseason. Again, it's a big if. It's a big if. And it may not even matter because he's already the best player in the league. I, I just absolutely love the guy. I absolutely love the guy. And reading this book makes me love the guy even more. So I cannot wait. I cannot wait to watch more Giannis basketball this season. He, he's just a pleasure. An absolute delight and even though i'm a knicks fan i i can't help but root for the guy even though he plays in the eastern conference and can easily be running the eastern conference for the next seven eight years all right so a little bit of a monologue but before we go into tonight's guest just quickly week six picks against the spread i've been absolutely dreadful it's been a bloodbath i know we're sticking to positive vibes only right now but Got to bring it up. Got to be accountable. But here are the week six picks. I've got the Bills minus five and a half on the road against the Titans. I got Detroit plus three and a half on at home against Cincinnati. I've got Dallas minus three. I hate betting Dallas, but Dallas minus three against the Patriots in Foxborough. I've got the Raiders plus three and a half against Denver. And I've got the Browns minus three against the Cardinals. There's your week six picks against the spread. And without further ado, let's preview the Western Conference in just a matter of moments. Last episode, we did a monster Eastern Conference preview, so it's only right that we have to do the Western Conference now as the season's upon us next week. Can't wait for it. I get to bring back a recurring guest, somebody I haven't spoke to in a while, somebody who told me that there was 0% chance that the Milwaukee Bucks were going to beat the Nets in the second round of last year's playoffs. But we're giving him a chance to redeem himself. New network, new year. Mr. Johnny Nolman, welcome back, bud. How you doing, bruh? I'm doing well. I, I don't remember saying that, but because um, the Bucks are awesome, who would have thought, who wouldn't have thought they would win the championship? So I yeah. distinctly remember there was some Giannis slander coming from you, and I, I was telling you, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure you want to go this route, but but you know, you put it out there. But hey. We throw things out there. I, I said that um, D'Angelo Russell was going to be the best player from his draft class. Like oh, I've said, to, I've said something. Oh yeah, yeah, that's one that I don't really like to relive. Well, but it all, I, all, all I needed was KD's shoe size to be like ten inches smaller, and I would have been a genius. So let's just leave it at that. That's true. That's true. But want to bring you on regarding uh, the Western Conference, obviously, because you love the league as much as I do. Uh, just a quick thing. I mean, uh, before we get into it, how excited are you for this Knicks season? Just just quickly. Oh, my God. I've never been more excited in my life. I'm. This is because last year we had the culture setting. We had the Julius Randle stardom, and now we have some talent. I'm so excited. It's the fact that the Knicks is New York City's best hope. I mean, I guess the Islanders, technically, for, like, all the major sports. but. The Knicks is like the one team that actually has some real hope in Manhattan that plays in and around Manhattan is really, really incredible. So let's start with the Western Conference, though, because we did the Eastern Conference. Let's start with the Western Conference. Agree or disagree with this statement. If the Lakers are healthy, then it's the Lakers and everybody else. Would you agree or disagree with that statement? I would I would agree, but there's so many caveats to that statement because you have 
I don't know how LeBron's going to look. That could go so many different ways. You could tell me LeBron. You're 19. Yeah, you're you 19. Me, you could tell me he's going to be an MVP candidate. And I'll be like, okay, he was an MVP candidate before he got injured last year. And I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. You could tell me that he's just not even a top 10 player. And I'd be like, well, yeah, he looks super injured. He looks super old. I, I don't know. I always lean on the side of optimism for LeBron that he's going to be up there with an MVP candidate. He's going to be up there having a great season, but I don't know. But the real key is AD because this dude is never healthy. Um, that's going to be another big thing. Um, Hort, Taylor Horton Tucker just got hurt. So that's, that's a big loss because that was one of their big young guys with energy coming, play some D. Um, that's a big loss. And then, the Westbrook integration is going to be huge. It's, I think for the regular season, it's going to be um, really good because it's going to give a lot of energy, a lot, a lot of pre- take a lot of pressure off LeBron and AD to carry some of the load. But we'll get more into it about why I think it might be a problem. Well, I agree with you on the regular season with Westbrook. Well, there are a couple of things I wanted to touch on with what you just said, but with Westbrook for sure, the regular season. He- there's going to be nights where LeBron and Davis, one of those guys are going to sit, right? And you're going to need the usage out of somebody. You're going to need the usage. And Westbrook, for as flawed as he is, he's still really, really good in the regular season at, at eating innings, to, to cross sports reference, at eating innings and, and getting that usage up where he could still win you games, right? He can win you games in the regular season. And I, I've been a Westbrook defender. Um, I, but he's going to have to change his game. Like he's going to have to do some more cutting off the ball and LeBron's going to have to do more cutting off the ball too. And I'm sure that they're going to try and figure this out in the regular season, but in the playoffs where we've seen, and, and we've spoken about this multiple times, that it's almost like a different sport that you're playing where, you know, things slow down that, LeBron is going to be ball dominant. Westbrook's going to have to figure out a way to cut um, and and do some other things besides for just playing Westbrook ball. Right. And uh, yeah, I didn't know how it's going to, how it's going to look. Do you put LeBron has the ball? Where does Westbrook go? That's an auto. Does he go like in the short corner, what, waiting for like a dump off pass from LeBron? He's not seven feet. He's not like an automatic just like catch and dunk or throw an alley oop option. Um, and you know his defenders are going to be sitting in the paint. So where does that leave Le- Le- LeBron to go? Um, I think I think when the playoffs become a lot more half court, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But Frank Vogel's creative coach, um, LeBron is the smartest player of all time in terms of figuring out th- those type of things. So it's going to be I think it's going to be something they could figure out. It's going to be very interesting. And I, and I don't want to, sh- by that saying that, I agree with that statement. I'm not show- throwing shade at like the, the Phoenix Suns. Like I'm, I'm throwing, I'm throwing shade at the Jazz. Jazz, I don't believe in you. I oh, to be uh, as, J- as Jay-Z says, he's all right, but he's not real. That's yeah. the Utah Jazz. Yeah, but, and, and the Suns, I'm not saying it, but I'm saying if LeBron and E.D. are right, I, I, it's their West, it's their West to take. So where are you with A.D.? in terms of his standing in the league, because you hear about, you know, the media types are all, uh, you know, crazy about AD and, and what AD could be, right? That he's got all these skills and all this talent, but he's brittle as anything. And the, the rule is, like, if you're that guy, if you're that, that top 10 guy, 
right? You're, you need to be able to lead a team to a, a, the playoffs, regardless of what's around you, right? You got to get in the playoffs. And the first eight years of Anthony Davis, the Pelicans made the playoffs twice and won one playoff series, right? And then he goes to the Lakers, has a great, you know, bubble playoffs. But anybody who watched those games knew that it's LeBron who stirs the drink, right? He's the straw that stirs the drink. And maybe Davis is what he is. He's just a, a nice, like a really, really overqualified second banana, right? There's no shame in that. You, you can be a great player doing that. But where, where are you on Davis in terms of like his standing in the league versus where the, the large part of sports media and NBA media thinks of him? Because I, I, I think of him as like a fringe top 10 guy, maybe even outside the top 10. Yeah, it's, it's it's all in the context of if when he's healthy and when he's playing with LeBron, his game is just it's just right because he has the the mid range shot. He could step out three. He could take you in the post. He could catch an alley oop, and Le- and that's just such a good added piece with LeBron. And then another factor that people don't talk about is if you go back and watch that Heat series, which was literally almost this time last year, surprising crazy. Uh, that just shows time is a bug out, is that he was giving players nightmares blocking their shots. Like people can uh, I'm sure Kendrick Nunn is scared to go to the basket during practice right now because that's how many, many times AD scared him. Like that was crazy. So I am, I know you're not so high on AD. I am high on AD when he's healthy. The problem is he's never healthy. It's, so and it's gonna, not even that I'm not high on him. It's just people talk of him like he's Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan. Like he's yeah, not he those it. guys, and he hasn't like, done and he's not Jokic, he's not better than Embiid. Like he's just not those dudes, and that's okay because those guys are awesome. Yeah, those are number one guys on champion on, cha- on champion on those could be cool. number one dudes on championship level teams, and he's just you're not that guy, pal. Like that's just what it is. Yeah, I mean in that. For what the Lakers have, and he, he's Perfect. so important. He, they, they need him healthy. So it's, it's hard to talk about the Lakers because there's so many ifs. There's so many, like, like qualifying statements they have to say before talking about them. So it's tough. But if, if they're right, I, I can't see a team in the West beating them. So I'm going to say, go back to the original question. Is it there? Is it them and everybody else? I would say no. I would say it there's way more parity in the Western conference than it seems to be talked about because, and we'll get to our over-unders. Like I think the Phoenix suns are being slept on a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously they didn't have this flashy off season. It's like, is this a flash in the pan? Is Chris Paul a year older? Is Robert Sarver going to do Robert Sarver things with the Deandre Ayton contract? Is that going to torpedo them? I just think that they're really good and that they're being slept on and they can easily make a run at it in terms of, you know, getting that number one seed in the West. I think when golden state gets fully right, when clay is back now, it may not result in terms of the standings in the regular season, but when golden state gets back to being fully right, I think they can win the West. So I don't think it's just the Lakers and everybody else. I think there's 
I think this Western Conference has way more parity. And again, we're not trying to predict injuries. I think it's just there's way more parity in the West this year uh, than in years past. Where I actually don't think there's nearly as much parity in the East, um, given the fact that Milwaukee and Brooklyn are there, even though Kyrie is doing whatever he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Now, no, you have a point. I mean, I don't know if the Warriors are another – I mean – We've seen them before, and I think the biggest thing about the Warriors is that they they have no no one runs their offense in the NBA. Like it's 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 a Warriors offense, and it takes a lot of guys like especially like a young athletic guy like Wiseman, a guy like Wiggins to you know mold into the offense, understand what they're trying to do here, um, realize wh- where you're supposed to be on the court. It takes a while. It's it's a really it's a hard offense to learn, and I think year two for a lot of these guys. Another year under the belt is going to do really good things, and then add a healthy Clay Thompson. Um, I'm really high on, on Jordan Poole. Um, I think I think yeah, he's really, I think he he's can get really his good. own shot off the bounce. Yes. Like he can do some things now, which which is huge for a team like that. And uh, this is their style of play. It's my favorite style of play. I wish every team that I could play on it plays like that because it's just the way they move the ball and and and, and screen for each other. Um, I'm, I'm really high on them, but I, I still see with the healthy Lakers are just so dominant. They're physically dominant, athletically dominant. Um, but I don't want to discount the Suns or the Warriors or anyone by saying that statement, which it might sound like I am. The, um, so obviously the big offseason move was Westbrook. I mean, they bring in Carmelo Anthony. They bring in, um, we'll actually get uh, Malik Monk which may be my sneaky favorite uh, signing of all the of all the Lakers um, offseason moves. But so there was that period in time where it may have been Buddy Heald to the Lakers for Kuzma and, and, you know, and all that stuff and KCP. Did you prefer for what the Lakers are um, and what they were before? Which trade did you prefer for them? Did you prefer the heel deal or the uh, or what they ended up doing with Westbrook? Like it made sense the heel deal because like oh another shooter with LeBron, but that's like a maybe an outdated statement because maybe you need the guy you need the guy who's going to carry him in the regular season so LeBron could rest. Maybe that's more important. So like maybe in the playoffs you're like oh maybe a Buddy Heel guy would be better in terms of style, but maybe and over a Westbrook, but Westbrook's going to keep the engine moving. So I actually prefer the, the Westbrook trade. The more I thought about it. Um, I think, I think in terms of buddy healed also, he's not like a, uh, he's not a proven like consistent night after night type of guy. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's gotta be um, Westbrook in that spot. I also, I love the monk move. I think he, I've always been high on him since Kentucky. And I yep. think him to come in, and play with LeBron like that is best possible scenario for his career. I said it on when I was previewing the Eastern Conference um, uh, preview the last episode. I I said my sneaky favorite move of the Eastern Conference was Grayson Allen to the Bucks, and my oh, sneaky good. and my sneaky favorite move for the Western Conference is Malik Monk to the Lakers. That guy. He's got no conscience. He can fill it up. Yeah, he was. He had some injury stuff there. There was, um, there was just a lot of crap with his tenure in Charlotte. I've always been a Monk guy. 
I'm still holding my stock. I think he can be absolutely awesome for the Lakers, and I think he can close games for the Lakers. Yeah, I hope so. They, they, need, a, they need an energy guy. They need someone who's going to do something a little different. They need someone to play off the ball. They need someone to play defense. They need someone to hustle. They need someone to be more, more athletic. So that's well, He's, he's not going to do a whole lot on the defensive end, but he's going to – Right. But he's got live legs, and he can shoot it, and he can yeah. really, really shoot it. The live legs is the biggest thing because uh, you're not closing a game with Trevor Ariza right now. <laughs> no, and especially not for like the next uh, two months, I think. I think he's out for the next two months. Um, so that's pretty much the Lakers. And by the way, just to just to answer my own question, I, I agree with you. I think the Westbrook move long term for saving LeBron's legs and saving um, reps for him in the regular season was, was the move. Uh, I also think. And I bag on LeBron a lot, but I think LeBron is a catch and shoot three point shooter has gotten a lot better. Like he really has. So he needs to. Yeah, he, he, he's going to need to do more of it this year because they're going to have to get Westbrook his touches if they want him to be successful. Like it's just going to have to happen. Yeah. And you need to be scoring easier ways. That's the biggest thing you said. LeBron needs to cut. LeBron needs to post up. LeBron needs to hit open shots. Make the game easy. So the Western Conference as a whole. I mentioned uh, Malik Monk to the Lakers as being my sneaky favorite move by a Western Conference team. What was your sneaky favorite move or favorite move in the offseason for a Western Conference team? Yeah, it's a a good question. I I think the the favorite move is no one. Everyone completely struck out in the Western Conference and – from from just the eye perspective, like what what went on here? Like it, it, everyone just struck out. Um, moves were made. Um, in terms of the sneaky moves, I like McGee to the Suns because I felt that they didn't have like yes, they had Frank as a backup center, Kaminsky, but like he's not a body. Like they, it seems like in the they needed a backup center who was a body. So I like McGee. I love him like playing like 15, 20 minutes a night, giving Aiden. If he gets into foul trouble or if he needs a blow, um, it was a it's a really really sneaky good move. And then this one um, is I'm used to people getting a little better after they leave the Knicks. This guy might be too big of a stretch, but I think Frank going to the Mavericks. This is deep, this is a deep cut. Okay, state the case. I think I think they need the Mavericks. Need a defender. Frank's a great defender. We saw that. And he played pretty solid this summer in moments for the France, for the France national team. He like, I think in the finals, he was like bringing them back um, in the game against USA. He played really, really well. And I think with Luca, you saw it with Tim Hardaway, you see it with these other role players. If you're willing, unless you're Brazingas, which I think he's going to have a better season this year, but if you accept your role in that team, you're going to get wide open shots and wide open opportunities for playing with Luca. Um, and I think they're a team that needs a role players to step up. Like they didn't make any big moves. Like their role players are their role players. They need wings to come in there, defend and hit threes and, and, and finish around the rim and play with Luca. I think he, I think he's going to have a, a breakout year, not like anything crazy, but I think he's going to have a good season. That's a really deep cut. I didn't even think about that one. I'm with you on the JaVale McGee move. Because the Suns, like you saw it when Aiton went to the bench. And not like he was going to stop Giannis, because he didn't. Because Giannis was, just put him underneath the basket. But you could also see that he was just so physically exhausted 
by Giannis, by the punishment that Giannis was dishing out, that they needed a blow because, and I know people are saying Dario Saric was out. Dario Saric wasn't doing it, right? Dario Saric wasn't doing it. And yeah, I, I like that move a lot. Uh, speaking of the Mavericks for a second, before we get into, we're going to talk about them obviously projecting the standings. Where are you at with the Mavericks, right? A lot of people are split on the Mavericks. Where are you at with the Mavericks? I was really disappointed that they didn't get, like, there's so much talent around the NBA. Like, like even, like, a Malik Monk-type guy to the Mavericks. It's a better, an upgrade from what they have now with the Wings. Um, I don't like Jason Kidd. I think Rick Carlisle is a fantastic coach. I don't like Jason Kidd as a coach. I think he's going to do some weird things. Um, and they, I think that situation was untenable. Like, at, at a certain point, it was, it was growing stale. Um, you know, he had been there a long time. Like, since he won the title in 2011, they hadn't won a, a playoff series. Like, it's just... I think he wanted to go to the Bucs. Well, I, think, I think he wanted to go to the Bucs, but then the Bucs ended up winning. Um, well, that was the whole so, thing. And I've said it on this show that if Mike Budenholzer didn't, you know, get to the finals, that he was going to get canned and Rick Carlisle was going to be the coach of the Bucs. Right. So this is the problem with the Mavericks, is that I think their best offensive liner... Lineup is Klebor and Porzingis as the forwards, and because they could shoot the hell out of the ball, but defensively that's a huge, huge issue. So then, do you play Powell at the five and and Porzingis at the four, or do you try Porzingis at the five? That's going to be the thing that they're going to have to work out, and they're going to need some more. Um, they're going to need some more wing firepower. I mean, they got our boy Reggie Bullock. Um, that could be a great, great move for them. But they needed another um, but, ball handler. They needed another shot creator. Yeah, like, that's yeah. So, but the, the like, yeah, but Luca is when you have a talent like that. Like he, I think he like automatically gets you to like a top eight spot in the West, which is an incredible thing for someone that good. Um, so I'm 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 high on them, and they almost beat a Clippers team with a healthy Kawhi Leonard last year. And that, that Clippers team with a healthy Kawhi Leonard was looking mighty dangerous. So yeah, I'm, I'm high on them and I'm sure Luca's only getting better. And I think Perzingis is actually going to have a better year. I think he's a stubborn and he's acting like a little bit of a jerk in that situation, but I think he's going to, they need him to have a better year. I think he's going to have a better year. My big thing though, is Luca's getting into that James Harden territory with Harden on the Rockets, where it's so heliocentric around him. And that just doesn't work. It doesn't work. We've seen it year in and year out. It doesn't work. And Unless he's you're said, LeBron. What? Unless you're LeBron. No, but it, but LeBron was even a little different because LeBron was, it was more physical, right? Like, right? like LeBron, if he had to, he would, he would get on the block, right, and do some stuff. And you actually saw when, when the – Mavs posted up Luca in the postseason last year. He was getting to work, but like, there's a lot of step backs by Luca. Step back threes that like he takes one or two a game that aren't great. Like he's doing the uh, the bitching and complaining to the referees, like Harden did, like hunting for fouls. Like, yeah, it, it wins you regular season games, and they did set records in terms of like offensive production. But like, it just doesn't work in the playoffs. Right. And, I know that there were limited guys out there and, and maybe a guy like Goran Dragic becomes available, you know, this, uh, 
as like a buyout guy. And he's somebody that would really fit for them. I actually thought that Kemba Walker was a good flyer for them. I'm happy that he's in New York, but it would have been a good flyer for them. I just, this team, this roster, the Dallas Mavericks, this can't be the roster going into the playoffs and expect them to really do, you know, make noise in the playoffs as great as Luca is. I know that. I don't know. I don't know the moves to be made. Like they have, like, I like Brunson. Maybe he's a trade piece, but I do like Brunson though. They need to empower Brunson a little bit. Yeah. So that's my thing. Like, like you could plot, you could have a high usage rating and, and, uh, and, and dominate the ball a lot, but do it from different positions. So like, Luca, like LeBron would go get the ball and hope he would take it up, but then he would maybe pass and go get the ball in the post, go get the ball at the elbow. Um, so like, I think they should have a little bit more, like hard and they never, they played him at shooting guard before D'Antoni and they'd run him off all these great plays. And then once he became point guard, they never, he never did that again. And I'm like, why not? He was a great shooting guard. Like, like, even though he wants to play one way, like let him be, let him play, like go off screens also. Like, why does he always have the ball? So I think they should have a little bit more creativity on offense with, um, with Luca. And then, um, but listen, if, if he had the team that would take, a, that would help him a lot. If he had like another point, if he had like a, a, a Drogic playing really, really well, he's going to give him the ball. Talent respects talent. That's, that's, that's the answer. Man. Like he has to have the ball that much right now. That's a problem. So let me ask you this. Um, one team uh, in the West that you, you know, look at last year's standings that you think is going to shoot up the rankings and one team that you think is going to take a major step back in the standings? Um, that, that's a good question. I mean, from an obvious perspective, the Lakers are going to shoot up the ranking, but I mean, I don't want to give that answer. Let's, they're let's, gonna go, let's pick another yeah, team because that was, that was really a health thing. Yeah. So I, I think I, uh, we spoke on the four. I think the Warriors, they were in the playoff game playing again last year. I, I see them, like you said, I'm, I'm really, really high on them because of my reason before that they have another year in the offense. They have um, Clay coming back. Um, I'm really, really high on them coming in and go, getting a, a good seed. Um, I, but besides for that, I really see the West kind of like staying kind of like similar within that within that range. Um, I But I do see, um, I see the biggest drop I see is the Clippers. I mean, without Kawhi, that was my that was my pick too. Yeah, I think I think people in the I generally you'll see from my like I don't have so many big jumps in the West except for the Lakers and the Warriors. You'll see. Um, I do have a surprise team in the playing game, but we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a second. I, I'm right there with you. I think Golden State makes a makes a big leap in the standings, and obviously the Lakers. But uh, you know the Lakers were projected at one point to be you know the number one seed last year. They just had crazy injuries, and yeah. The Clippers, the, the Clippers are, are the team that's going to take a major step back. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers ended up, if, if, if we went back to the old playoffs where it was just top eight, I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers fell out of it completely without Kawhi this year. Yeah. It shocked me one bit. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, but I think with the playing game, they'll... I think they'll be in there with the playing game, but it wouldn't shock me one bit, which is a great segue to our uh, over-unders um, right. because the Clippers are on my list. So we're going to start with you. We're going to go uh, one by one. Um, we're going to do uh, 
our three or four best over under bets for the Western Conference. So we'll start you off. What's your what's your favorite over under bet for uh, the Western Conference? Well, the league is qual. It is very hard to think about it in eighty two game season again because it's been two years since we've had an eighty two game season. So yeah. I'm like. When I saw it, I'm like, 51 wins? And then I like, looked back to last year, I'm like, oh, wait a second, we had 72 games last year. So that was tough. But um, I think the, the easiest one is um, Suns over 51 and a half, I think. That was on my list, too. I, I think they're just, they're hot. They're com- Booker is going to take his game to, keep taking his game to another level. Um, even with Chris Paul, like, injured minute restriction, whatever they put him on. I, I know he doesn't like to go on a minute restriction. They have pain off the bench. They're a deep team. They're a young team. Aiden's only getting back better. And I think like when you go to the championship like that, and the same thing with the Bucks, like you kind of figure yourself bad and get a lot more confidence. So I think they're going to be in like 50, at least 54 games. They won basically 51 games last year in 10 less games. So you're expecting them to win the same number of games with 10 more tries, hammer the over there. That was, that was my uh, my first one. What's uh, what's your next one? Um, I have the Jazz under 52 and a half. Interesting. Make the case. Uh, nothing. Nothing. Um, there's no crazy, crazy reason. Um, it's just I just don't see them. I just think it's a very competitive Western Conference. And I don't see them dominating the Western Conference. So So here's the thing with the Jazz, right? And I've always been, you know, a Utah skeptic, especially when it comes to the playoffs. I I don't think any team paying Rudy Gobert max money is ever going to win a title. Um, That I've been on this for this kick for a year and a half now. Like this has been one of the things I've been hammering home on this show. However, though, Utah, you know, they have a regular season formula that works. And again, last year they won fit they went 52 and 20. So you think that they're gonna win less games than last year with 10 more games to play? Because they're yeah, the kind yeah. of team that like they're a regular season team where they play hard every night. There's certain times where they're gonna catch teams that aren't, you know, going as hard in the regular season. And I, I like you. They weren't one of my picks, but I like Utah's over for the regular season, even though I don't think it's going to matter in the playoffs. I, I don't know. I think their confidence is a little rattled from, for, will be a little rattled from last year. Their chemistry will be a little rattled. Um, I don't know if Mitchell and Conley are like fully, fully healthy. I, I don't know exactly the status, to be honest. But by the way, just uh, Gobert in international basketball looked like Shaquille O'Neal. Like, I don't know if you watch that championship game, but they were yeah, just but, but pounding it's, him. It's funny though. It's just funny. It's, yeah, it was it, funny. It's like, not the NBA game. No, I know. I know. Um, I just think also people have found like figured out a formula. Also to the Clippers like gave everyone a formula and like how to beat them. You just make Gobert guard a shooter and everything opens up. I mean, it's, I'm just not, I'm just not high on them. And they were played exceptionally well last year. Like they were the best team in the West last year. They can easily finish again, top two or three, maybe even the top seed in the West again, and it won't matter. It won't matter because no one's going to care. It's going to be like, all right, it's like enough already. You know, right. you're, you're 
you're that regular season team that it, it doesn't make it. They're like the Toronto Raptors of the East when they were get there and they go to the conference finals. And, and this team hasn't even been to the conference finals, but like you knew they weren't going to beat LeBron. I mean, I right. tried to convince myself one year that they were going to, but it didn't happen. It's like the same, well, it's the same thing. And well, and then they got Kawhi Leonard and won a title, but it was that pre Kawhi Leonard Raptors kind of deal where it's like, Show me you can win a big playoff series. Right. But we were saying the same thing about the Bucks last year. The different the difference is the difference is is that Giannis, you know, is was a 25-year-old guy who was ascending to be like who was already a two-time MVP, is one of the five best players in the world. And the the Jazz don't have that, even though I am higher on Donovan Mitchell than most. I think Donovan Mitchell's closer to like, if you gave me a toss-up between Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, I think Donovan Mitchell is the better player. I don't know. That's tough. It's, it's a tough statement, especially now. Um, no, but I don't think Mitchell was healthy last year. I, I, I like Donovan Mitchell's game a lot. I just don't know. I don't know about the – I thought that team was, like, exceptionally hot last year, and I think things will kind of mellow out. But we'll see. So my second is the New Orleans Pelicans. The number is 39 and a half. The under. The mm-hmm. under. I This team is a mess. All right. And this team is in real disarray because Zion Williams had had another surgery on his foot. So it's going to take him a while to get into shape. They say he's going to be ready for opening night. He will not be ready for opening night. I mean, he had a Jones fracture that he had re- repaired. That's not just a small injury, especially for a guy like him, who's a heavier dude, but an explosive guy. Like, and then in the off season, they let Lonzo go. I mean, they traded, they got rid of Eric Bledsoe, but the ripple effects from the Drew Holiday trade were bad. This team's got a tremendous amount of pressure to win because Zion Williamson's extension eligible. And there have already been the whispers that he wants out. This team is a mess. I'm not a big Brandon Ingram guy. I'm I'm fading this team hard. Who's our Who's our starting point guard? I that that's a really good question. I don't know. Is it? It could be Josh Hart, but is he a point guard? No, I. I oh, who did they? I mean, they may go with the young guys like Kyra Lewis and uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, but I, I just I don't like the the outlook for this team this year. Yeah, I I agree. I think, first of all, they only have a chance. They only have a real chance to game that Zion plays. Zion is already injured, as you mentioned. Um, I like Valachunas. I just don't think, like, the they they want to have us, like, a, I always said, like, that team is a team that, like, they need to stretch five. I mean, he could shoot the ball a little, but he, he, he does like to stay down low. He um, shoots a little bit better than Steven Adams did, so I'll give him that, but... Yeah, I just... I mean, the real way to have them win some games is to play Zion at the point, and freaking... I've been saying this for the past few years. Just give, let him run the offense. Like, stop letting Ingram run the offense. Ingram go makes an ISO out of any situation. Like, he just finds a way to isolate, takes a tough contested mid-range shot, Um and he's not a they, they just don't make it easy for Zion Williamson to play basketball because they're I think their coaches are also always terrible. I'm a little out on Brandon Ingram. Uh, I think 
for the amount of stats he puts up, I just don't think it results in any winning. And I think the fit with him and Zion is weird. And it, it is, this season is, ju- is just a mess. I think it's going to be a mess for them. So who's your, uh, your third selection over under your favorite, your favorite bet. This is this is a this is a fun one. The Rockets over 27 and a half. I ah, love, make the case. I love this team. I love um, Josh Christopher. And he, he I watched all their summer league games pretty much because I love Jalen Green also. I think Jalen Green's gonna be a stud off the bat. They have Christian Wood, they have Daniel House, they're a young team who's, who are I think they need to get rid of John Wall because he's he he is just done. But I think Eric Eric um, Eric Gordon and the boys are gonna are gonna play really really hard, fun basketball, shoot the ball, athletic. I'm not saying they're gonna be in the playoffs, but I'm saying they're gonna win over 27 and a half games. See, I actually was going the other way. Under. Um, I, I think there's gonna be, and there'll be a fun league pass team to watch. Like Kevin Porter Jr. is really fun. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Shengun does some things. Their rookie from Turkey, he does some things. The big man. I think they're not going to stop anybody, and I think they're going to lose a lot, a lot of games. So I'd go under. But my third pick is this. Uh, we mentioned the Clippers, uh, forty-five and a half. That's an underplay for me. I see them closer to being five hundred or a couple of games or one or two games over five hundred. I. I that's an under for me, but my my selection is the Sacramento Kings. Mm. The Sacramento Kings, the number is 35 and a half. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. I don't like this mix of, of the Buddy Heald situation. I don't like it if he's gonna be a you know a bad apple there. But I think this kid Davion Mitchell is a culture changer. Love him. Everyone loves him. And I think he's gonna he's gonna drive winning. And I think De'Aaron Fox is is pretty underrated. I think he's awesome. I like Halliburton. They've got some dudes. I, I think that they're gonna be better this year. I think they can win 37 games. Yeah, I, I'm also high on them, but they're gonna need um they have a lot of guards, like point guard, shooting guard. Yes, they're gonna have to figure that stuff out. Yeah, but I, I like them. I've always thought Marvin Bagley was a talented player. Um, I'm still so holding I, out hope, too. I said he was going to be better than DeAndre Ayton. That's another one I'd like to have back. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. And uh, they have Tristan Thompson now. He's a wiry good player. If they just figured out their chemistry and and all those things, I, I think they could be a fun team. I, I like that call. All right, so – now we get to the, um, the meat and potatoes. We're going to project these standings uh, for the Western Conference, kind of like I did it for the East. We're going to go bottoms up. So number 15, your 15th place team in the Western Conference. The worst team in the Western Conference goes to? The, the Thunder. I think you, you agree, right? No, I don't. The Rockets? I, I have the Houston Rockets there. So why do you oh. have the Thunder? Because um, they're – terrible (laughs) and they're trying and in fairness they're trying to be bad they're trying to be bad i they've alexander they have one guy and dort's okay uh, and then i always forget the the tall guy they just got the international guy who everyone loves this year 
Yeah, Bogoshevsky. I mean, those are names, but I don't think those names will translate into any wins. So the reason I had them at 14 was when SGA was in the lineup last year, first of all, he had an insane year, and they were 16 and 19 when he played. And then they shut him down, and then they won, like, six games the rest of the year. So I, I, out of respect to SGA, who I think is a really, really nice player, um, I I do not have them at the bottom. I have Houston at the bottom. Um, And I have Oklahoma City at 14. Who do you have at 14? I had the Rockets at 14, so we just swapped there. Well, once again, I'm I'm high in the Rockets. Um, 13, I have the Pelicans. Okay, so a a little different there. So I actually have the Spurs coming in at 13. Yeah, like the Spurs, I'm in the mix there, but it's the the Popovich factor of just like always keeping them in the mix somehow. I couldn't drop them as low as 13. But it's the least inspiring roster in the NBA. Oh my God. What gets you excited to watch a Spurs game? I'm never going to watch a Spurs game unless they're playing the Knicks. That's, that's the answer. (laughs) Yeah. You're never going to watch it or unless they're like playing the Lakers or something like you're not watching the Spurs. It's just uninspiring as much as I like, as much as I've always been a DeJounte Murray guy, like what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So I had them at 13. Who do you have at 12? The Wolves. I, I just wish they figured. I wish they could just get, get there. Edwards, the talent is so good. Why, why can't they just get there? I don't get why not. Um, well, because Towns has shown the inability to care about defense, right? Yeah. Even though he's a good defender when he tries. But that's the thing. He doesn't try. Yeah. He doesn't I don't, try. I don't know what's happening. That team is, is talented. I, um, but they just have they have to. It's also he, if he wants to qualify, it's like a very good. He's like a very good player right now, talented player. But like if he wants to qualify to a level higher than that, he needs to have some success. I'm just out. I'm out on Towns. I know he's been through a lot uh, yeah. recently, and that really sucks. And I I feel for him. I just I'm out at him as. Again, a number one guy. Right. I just don't. I just don't see it. I, I think he doesn't have the personality for it. Um, I don't think he has the dog in him that 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 is needed. I also think that he's going to demand the trade soon. Even though, if you look at like the end of last year, the Wolves had a really good offense and they weren't absolutely terrible on defense. But I just, I just don't see it happening for the um, for an entire year. Although I, I do think Anthony Edwards is is exceedingly promising, but they gave up a lot for D'Angelo Russell, and I just yeah yeah I I don't think the Wolves are are particularly going to be good this year. Where do you have them? I have them at twelve too. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah. So I'm assuming you have the Spurs at eleven. Yeah, Spurs at eleven. So we we uh, flip flop the Pelicans and the Spurs because I do think if they're going to get a couple of healthy games out of Zion, you know he's good enough to get you to eleven. But I don't think they're going to be in the playing game, and they have more pressure on them to get there than basically anybody else. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. It's going to be hopefully bad and news for them and, and good news for the Nets. So yeah, and and the ownership, by the way, and the ownership group. Maybe looking to sell like 
It's just the Pelican situation is really, really, really bad. And they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place with Zion in terms of Zion. Zion, yeah, give the extension, right? Are you going to give the guy an extension who is as injury prone as he's been? I, I, they kind of have no choice. They're damned if they do. They're damned if they don't. And he may not even sign, it, which is the crazy thing. He may be yeah. the first guy easily to not sign the um, the rookie extension and take the qualifying offer. Nuts. All right. So who do you have at ten? Now we get into I playing have, game territory. I think I love a playing game. It keeps exciting. I think we have. Uh, We'll probably be saying the Kings here. We have the Kings at 10. I think, I think I think it's hopeful. I think we're just being hopeful about it because we, we want them to turn the corner. But as we said, they have problems with their roster makeup that they have like a lot of guards, a lot of centers, and like like is Harrison Barnes are only forward. <laughs> um, it's not a, but, a completely balanced roster, but I'm with it. I'm 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 with it. I think the Kings make uh finally make the playing game and they're gonna uh snap this playoff streak i know, i hope so i i mean the playing game i don't know if they'll, if they'll make the playoffs i think they'll get the playing game but but i hope so everyone's hoping so because people ever everyone on their team is likable you know i'm a i'm a big De'Aaron fox guy i like halliburton and again i think davion mitchell could could really i, I think he could win rookie of the year yeah, I mean, I I love that guy. Like he is a nightmare. He could win nightmare. A nightmare to go against. Uh, you know, he he's just a bulldog defensively, and and hopefully to put it, to, to put it this way, if I if, if if I was coming to play pickup, and he was guarding me, you'd want no part of it. I, I would go home. I would just say it's a waste of two hours. I'm literally not going to get. I mean, obviously against any NBA player, but if saying. If someone no, over, I, I know what you're saying. I, I would go home. Good support of not scoring for two hours. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And hopefully it's going to rub off on everybody else. So who do you have at nine? I have the Grizzlies. I I, I think this is – John Morant's just going to get better. Jaron Jackson, assuming he's going to be healthier. Um, I, lo- I love Slomo. I love Kyle Anderson. Steven Adams, it's a team that he could fit in well with. I feel like him and Ja will run the – the, the pick and roll well. Um, Brooks is a hard-nosed guy. They're a hard-nosed team, and um, I'm actually excited about them. I'm excited about them as well. I originally had them slotted in at nine as well, but I am actually bumping them up to eight. And, and I Clippers. have the Clippers at nine. I hear. Okay. I mean, I yeah. Just, have, I don't yeah. trust Reggie Jackson, right? The Reggie Jackson we saw at the end of the year. I just don't trust that for a full year. I don't think a team, this team with, you know, led by Paul George is going to be like all that great. I think they'll be okay, but I have them at nine. I have Memphis at eight. Memphis at eight. I, yeah, I know. I, I hear your point. Like Memphis will have a lot more firepower than the Clippers all year. Um, totally possible. The more I think about it, you might be right, but. I already said it. No, it's it's you can you can make adjustments on the fly. It's 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 all right. And you know, John Morant is primed to have that that Trey Young bump, right? You know how Trey Young got a little bit of a bump at the end, yeah. you know, from from year two to year three. I think John Morant is that guy this year. So who do you have at seven? I have the Blazers, assuming that they have Damian Lillard on their team. Let's that's, that's an, yes. and 
Because I um, assumed the same thing, and I had them at seven two. Yeah, I think, I think everyone. I think last year everyone's like, okay, now they have the team. If if they're gonna do something, it's gonna be last year. So obviously now everyone's like, okay, what's what? They just keep swapping out like like average forward after average forward every single year. Um, they just they just don't have a team for them. Maybe this experiment of playing these two guards together isn't gonna work. Um, I don't know. It's just. I'm not so excited about them. And the fact that we have him at seven means that uh, that probably Damian Lillard will be requesting a trade. And not maybe not this year, but next year he will not be in a Blazers uniform. I have them at seven as well. Six, who do you have? I have the Nuggets. I, I, am, it's, I think the most important player in the NBA is Michael Porter Jr. Because they basically just need someone to take over for, for Mari. Um, I think they're such a good team, and I think they could have made the finals last year I, if they had a healthy Mario. I think they're so good. I think Gordon was a great, it was a great sign. Um, it's just if Michael Porter, you know, Jokic is going to be dominant. You just need another guy to come in there and be consistent. And Michael Porter's shown that he could score and really fill the box for it. Just depends if um, if he's consistent with it. So it's funny you slot the Nuggets there. And by the way, I took another look at their over-under, 47 and a half. I would take the over on the yeah. Nuggets because Jokic is that, that good. And I, I'm a Michael Porter believer. Uh, I look at that screenshot about the draft that year um, when the Knicks took Kevin Knox and the next picks were Mikael Bridges, Miles Bridges, uh, SGA and Michael Porter Jr. And it just makes me incredibly, incredibly sad. Uh, I actually have Dallas in this spot. Dallas. I don't think now, again, I think from the three through six, seven seeds can easily be separated by one or two games in the standings and there'll be a ton of tie breaks and they can, you know, really vacillate, but I have Dallas in this spot. Uh, I just, they leave me a little cold. They leave me a little cold, and I still don't think until they solve the the secondary ball handler thing, I think they're going to have trouble. Yeah, I just think Luca's just it's that good. That'll get him. And, and and if you bet on Luca, like that, that's not a crazy bet. I mean, guys, you know, who are that great, that young. There, there's like there's that ascension level. Like you kind of saw it like not comparing him to, to Jordan, but like Jordan 88, right? Like there was an ascension from his rookie year, monster numbers. I mean, he missed most of his second year with the foot injury, 87, he has monster numbers. And then 88, he has monster numbers and they move up the standings in the Eastern conference. So Luca's kind of like on that trajectory too, but I just don't know if, I just think the West is is deeper, and I'm not sure it's going to be enough to even get them a top five seed. Uh, so I have them at six. Who do you have at five? I have the Jazz. Um, wow. Okay. So we differ here. Yeah. It, it, once again, it's, this is all going to be one, two, three games. You know how the West right. gets it. it it's, it's so it's, it's tough. I mean, in, in the East too, even last year, it was, it was super tight. Um, I just. 
as I said before, I think I just I'm just not high on them. I have the Golden State Warriors here at five. Yeah. Um, I think their upside in terms of standing in the league can be higher again, but it's going to take Clay a little bit of time. Like he's going to be back in mid late December, maybe early January. They're going to have to hold the fort until then. Um, so I think they're going to be a better playoff team than a regular season team. Right. But I also think that the, the young kids are going to give them something. I think Jordan Poole is going to be important for them. And this is a bet on Steph Curry. Right. So no, yeah. And, and a little bit better play from Wiggins and, and a little bit more from Draymond also. Maybe he'll yeah. start scoring again or shooting again. I'm with it. Who do you have at four? At four, I have – yeah, I have the Warriors right there. Got it. All right, so I have the Denver Nuggets at four. That's interesting. I have the Denver Nuggets at four. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a Jokic bet, right? I, I actually thought Jamal Murray – as a regular season guy was a little overrated because, you know, as, as my guy, Ryan Rosillo would say 13 or 30, right. Would it shock you if Jamal Murray, you know, went out one night and just was completely not into it and scored 13 would it shock you if he dropped 30. No. So like, I mean, you've seen it. He's a different guy in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. And I just think that the loss for him, I should say him not being there in the regular season won't hurt the Nuggets as much in the standings, but I think him not being there um, come playoff time is going to really hurt their ceiling in terms of how great they can be as a playoff team. Right. Right. So no, I'm that... assuming you have them at three, right? Who, the Nuggets. Uh, the Mavs. Oh, you have the Mavericks all the way at three. Yeah. It's it's the Luca bed. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just thinking Luca's could win MVP this year. Um, maybe make some off season, um, some mid season moves and get a little bit more firepower. I'm um, once again high on Porzingis, get playing a little bit better. Um, so it's I'm fully in on Luca. I mean, he's the betting favorite for MVP, um, preseason betting favorite. And it's interesting you say midseason moves that like I, the buyout market, the Nets have pretty much done what they're going to do. They're not they're not going to be big players in the buyout market. The Lakers, same thing, because they have a bunch of veterans that they like, but they're not going to want to rock the boat. You know, the Mavericks can come in and swoop somebody that normally they wouldn't necessarily be in the in the mix for. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I just I'm dubious about kid. I'm dubious about, you know especially early on before those, those buyout things happen, are they going to have enough secondary shot creation? Um, but yeah, no, Luke is awesome. So I, I, I don't need that. I have the jazz at three. Cause I right. just think it's, it's the regular season jazz. And again, it's going to be completely hollow. It won't mean anything, but the jazz in the regular season win a lot of games. They win a lot of regular season games. So I've got the jazz at three. Uh, who do you have it to? The Suns. Um, nope, I got I'm, the Suns at two as well. And I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. They're going to be chasing the Lakers all season. Um, I, 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 I love them. I, I think they're, I think Bridges is going to have a better season. I think all the role, everyone's getting better. Everyone's up on that team. And they just got to keep Chris Paul healthy and, and ready for the playoffs. Yep. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the one thing, you know, I, I expressed a little bit concern about besides for Chris Paul's age is the, uh, the contract with um, DeAndre Ayton. If that's going to have any ill effects on the team. Uh, I don't think so. Cause I don't, I, cause I think Chris Paul will be able to steer the ship, yeah. but it's just something to keep your eye out on. But I also have the Suns at two and I guess we both have the Lakers at one to pull it full circle. Yeah. So, yeah, I think pretty similar. And then in the, in the, the this, even the, the seven to like three in the West is like always yeah. like very tight, the eight to 10 super tight. And the one to two is, is two, and the three is even could get really tight. So the West is always tough. Um, it's it, in general, it's, it's a, probably like your two final favorites are probably the Bucks and the Nets. And that's in the East. No question. We're not, no, we're not, used, we're not used to seeing the firepower from the East. And um, so it's going to be uh, the West has to prove themselves this year, which is something we haven't said in a really, really long time. It's weird, right? Like the, for forever and ever, we were talking about how one was the JV conference and one was the varsity conference. And now, again, I don't think that the from the middle of the pack east to the bottom is as deep. Like, I actually think the bottom of the west is better than the bottom of the east towards the middle. But I think that the cream of the crop of the league are, are the Bucks and the Nets right now. And, you know, it, it'd be curious to see. Like, for example, like if, if you swap the Knicks and the Mavericks, right? right. You swapped conferences. Would the Knicks be higher? Or I mean, you have the Mavericks three, so you'd probably think more highly of, of the Mavericks. But like, it's could, tough, the Knicks, I don't, I don't know. could the Knicks be Portland? Right? Could they, could they be Portland? I, I don't know. I, it's I don't weird. Know. It's, it's hard to even think about it. It's hard to even think about how the Knicks got the four seed last, you know, like the Knicks might not get the four seed this year and it might be a better team. That's what everyone's saying. Yep. And I, it, it, getting the four seed in the East is really hard. So they got hot. It's going to be an awesome, awesome season. I can't wait for it considering football season is beating the living crap out of me already. And uh, really, really looking at NBA basketball. Mr. Johnny Nolman, thanks so much for doing it. I'm sure we're going to be uh, texting quite a bit back and forth during this NBA season, especially during Knicks games. And I'll speak to you soon, bud. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Talk soon. Take care. Thanks again to recurring guest Johnny Nolman for coming on the podcast to preview the Western Conference and the NBA. NBA season kicks off this week. But after listening back, I think I'm going to flip my prediction. I think we're going to have the Phoenix Suns one, the Utah Jazz two, and the Lakers three. But – We'll see how it shakes out. That's episode 128 for the love of the game. Take us out. Payback for those that hate it on me. I hate when rappers claim they down with a game. You ain't a crip like Snoop. You ain't a blood like game. See, I've been having beef. I got my own bulletproof vest. Most of my enemies dead. I got about two left. Until my last breath, I'm quick to give you two of those. Innocent bystanders get trying to be heroes. You know how we roll everywhere that we go. It's you and the sneakers on all of my people. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.